Hello, welcome back to Resurrections, an Adam Warlock podcast. I'm your host, Al Sedano. And uh, the si- faithful sidekick has returned. I'm Brian Zeno of the Podwitz Podcast and various others. Yep, Brian's back, and we're going to finish talking, hopefully, about Thanos, the yes. Infinity Revelation graphic novel. Yes. Uh, which we started about talking about last time, and we got about... Waterway in? Yeah, not not very. We had a lot to say. We got kind of distracted and sidetracked. So yeah, so so we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna pick it up a little here. We're gonna we're we're gonna gonna get to the whole thing this time. Yes. So real quick, in case you forgot what happened in those first twelve, ten, five (laughs) pages pages we actually covered, (laughs) I'm gonna give you a quick recap, and then Brian and I will be back to cover the rest of the issue. A recap of part one of Thanos: The Infinity Revelation. Infinity and Eternity are told by the Living Tribunal that the universe is going to undergo ecumenical transfiguration. That is, it is going to change. None of them are happy about it, or who is supposed to be at the center of it. Meanwhile, Thanos has noticed that something is off with both himself and the universe, and after a failed attempt to discuss this with Drax the Destroyer, breaks into the palace of his ex, Mistress Death, in order to use the Infinity Well. To his surprise, Death is okay from doing that, but asks him to take a certain spirit back with him. Back on his own ship, Thanos ponders what he saw in the well, which was a mysterious box and a sequence of 35 numbers. While trying to work this out, the spirit he brought back has managed to form a physical body for itself, and Adam Warlock is reborn. That's it. That's what took us a damn hour to do. My God, we don't know when to shut up. It could have been over quickly, but no! Brian and I love the sounds of our own voices, and we had to go off on tangents that go on and on and on and on and on and on and on. Recap time. Recap time. Okay. All right. And that was the recap, and we are back with the actual issue. So, as I said, we left off with Adam Warlock returning. And uh, leaving a, quite, a, quite a mark on Th- Thanos' floor. Um, now, we were discussing last time, I remember, so this is, in fact, the uh, DNA Guardians of the Galaxy uh, outfit on Warlock in this panel where he's lying on the floor yes. smoking. Um, like, like smoke coming off him, not, not, you know, lying on the floor smoking like he just had a good time. Um, but anyway, uh, I, I love this panel that we first get to see. We were discussing last time that Thanos has poured himself a, a tankard of ale or whatever passes for an, a, a, a fine adult beverage on Titan. Yes. But I have to say that the overall impression that you get here, and I love this, I actually do, and I'm not being sarcastic, and I'm not being ironic in any way, shape, or form. I love this, that it looks like Thanos, it, it's a cup of coffee. So it's like, that. it looks like Thanos has woken up gone to his lab, you know, and it's like, oh, my morning uh, routine, and, and, and he just, he has his cup of coffee while he's checking his email. Oh, yes, and dealing with the immortal uh, created being on the floor. It is kind of a coffee color, actually, yes, more, like, more so than a beer color, so actually, I'm more... So, I have to wonder that. I want, does he use flavoring in the coffee? I don't know. He, he might, you know, for all we know, Thanos... The funny thing is, is that for all that Thanos is like this crabby supervillain, like, force of evil in the universe. Yeah, you have to wonder, does he go for the uh, uh, General uh, Foods International coffees kind of a deal? Or is he more of a uh, uh, coffee mate creamer kind of fellow? We don't know. There's no the way, there's no way to know. The coffee mate is pretty good, actually. Yeah, well, I know I can't drink that crap. Well, no, I like it a little see, bit. And I, see, personally, I think that Coffee Mate and, and General Foods International coffees are actually evil because I'm a coffee snob. And as a result, since they are evil, I can actually totally see Thanos 
um, partaking of those uh, fine refreshments. But anyway, the, just this this panel is just fabulous because he's got the smile on his face and he has completely, obviously, you know, we talked about the last time, he basically had said to Warlock, hey, incarnating is on you. You want flesh, you want to come into the world, corporate, corporate, corp- Corporal? Corporeal? You want to come back into the corporeal world, dude, that's on you. Have at it, and if you make it, I'll see you then. And he has done it now, and now Thanos has this grin on his face, and he's holding his coffee cup, and he's like, good, you did it. Now, can we get on with things? Because I've got a morning routine to get through. It's about friggin' time. Yeah, so anyway, good stuff. That just cracks me up, so... Is that a metal cup? And does Thanos think, is it lead? Because that could explain a lot. I think he's going, I think the idea uh, here is sort of the pewter mug kind of, colonial era pewter mug kind of deal, but I don't know. So Thanos set the Franklin Mint Yes, to exactly. Online. Exactly. That's <laughs> where he gets TV, his... <laughs> he orders stuff. <laughs> he also have a collection of plates. <laughs> but, but, and do not break those, or, or, you know, he will cosmic cube your ass. So anyway, so Thanos... Drags Adam off the floor. And And suddenly, in the second panel, suddenly Adam Warlock is wearing a different outfit. Now, as we get further into this, I'm sure we will get into theories as to why this is so. But he's already got a different... And then in panel three, he's back to the Guardian's uh, outfit. Yeah, he's changed to a different outfit, which we don't get to see a full thing of. But all you can see really right now is that it's an all red tunic with black underneath, like wearing a, like a black bodysuit yeah. underneath. Now that and it is, has like a little symbol, which is hard to make out right now. Is, but is that the is, is, if I recall correctly, that is the Thanos. I'm sorry, uh, Warlock and the Infinity Watch uh, era. Uh, outfit for him. Am I correct no. about that? No, I am absolutely incorrect. This is actually about that. a brand new outfit. I've is never it? seen this before. Okay, alrighty then. Unless there's and something just... I missed. This is a you know anything I may might have missed maybe like mm-hmm. when he was in the Ultraverse. Well, he is. He's still rocking the red. Seeing this one, red, bl- black, and gold uh, color scheme. Yes. But also, um, it, we'll just get it out the way now so that we can talk about other things. He's sort of alternating here. There's actually later on this page. There's three successive panels where he uh, is speaking, and he's alternating both uniforms and hairstyles in those three panels. So this is definitely it's 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 odd, and I'm not sure exactly what to make of it. But we'll get into it later on. But just so you know, so we don't have to worry about mentioning each time, every time Adam switches back and forth, so as far as I can remember from reading the book, mm-hmm. it only goes back and forth from the costume he was wearing when he first comes back, the mm-hmm. uh, Guardians the- of the Galaxy era costume, and this new one we talked about. He doesn't right, go to exactly. any other variation of himself. It's just these two, the new one and the most recent one. Okay. And 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 actually, there's something else about this page, but actually, it's it sort of doesn't really make sense except in light of later events. So I'm going to hold off on this, and we'll come back to this page. Um, and I don't have page numbers, so I cannot refer to it. But uh, um, we'll, we'll come back to this uh, momentarily. Yes. So Thanos puts Adam down. Adam's just saying he's you know, exhausted. Thanos mm-hmm. doesn't care. He's telling Adam about the imbalance that he's mm-hmm. feeling in himself in the universe, which Adam can feel. And I want to say I like the attention to detail from the art that, I mean, obviously it's Starlin doing it, so therefore he's mm-hmm. paying attention to his own detail. Where even in this close-up panel of just like Adam's head and shoulders, you can still see that the costume's changing. Exactly. 
all red with like just the black the right way, by the his way neck. the shoulder is framed and which is where one of the pertinent details there's is there's a line of black yeah. lightning and, and the same away. thing and the same thing you notice the, the the hair you have the um the uh the new version the with the with the uniform you've never seen before has a sort of parted in the middle with a very 1970s sort of wings and waves hairstyle going on um and then in the uh guardian's uniform the hairstyle is more of a side part and much more of a modern uh, uh, hair hairstyle. Yes. So anyway, um, now that we have absolutely um, uh, 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 dissected the fashion and sartorial uh, look, the style, if you will, of Adam Warlock to death, yes. um, moving on. So Thanos talks to his computer, asking mm-hmm. if it's the, identified the box. And, it's, and it has. Yes. And it's even pinpointed its current location. So and very coinc- so. Uh, convenient. But before we get to that, we go to see... Cut to the surfer. The silver surfer is flying around, and he has a weird feeling as well. Now, which this begs the question again of when exactly this is taking place, because the Silver Surfer, now starring in his most excellent uh, uh, seri- uh, ongoing series of his own, uh, written by Dan Slott, with art by the Allreds, and yes. I'm loving that series. Um, Me too. And a lot of fun. Like, a lot of fun, but like... Where in relation to that is this surfer? Because this surfer ha- has a, almost a different personality. So I'm, this again lends credence to the theory that we were discussing, uh, last time about when this story is set and the, the just the notion that it's set some time ago. I think, I'm trying to remember because it's been a while since I read them and I should have before preparation, but I forgot about his part. Mm-hmm. I thought after Annihilation, he was working with Galactus again for a while. Okay. Now I don't know. As long as I'm right, <laughs> and if I'm wrong, send uh-huh. an email to resurrections, resurrectionspodcast at yahoo.com. Okay. As far as I remember, he was working with Galactus at the, after Annihilation. I don't know when that stopped. Okay. But if I'm right and he was working for him afterwards, this would kind of fit then. Okay. Because then this this issue, this story would take place, you know, two or three years ago, or, you know, real time. Okay, you know, not that's Marvel, fair. Marvel, you know, two or three years ago, Marvel continuities, obviously, two days ago. I mean, and really, the thing of it is, is if you're going to be, and this just plays to a much broader uh, perspective, so pardon me on for a brief tangent, but um, it, it, it occurs to me that if you're going to be a comic book fan, especially a Marvel Comics fan, it's really in your best interest to be a little more flexible, mentally speaking, about continuity and timing, because the fact of the matter is, is that if you dwell too much or or very much at all on issues of timing and and when things take place in relation to other things, I mean, yes, I can see the point of view that, but that stuff is important. You have to know when this happened in relation to this, but you will just drive yourself nuts. Just again, uh, uh, forgive me a brief digression. I was reading earlier this week um, uh, the Uncanny X-Men. Um, from uh, 19... I've heard of them. Yeah, yeah, very famous. Uh, I was reading... Um, it was Actually, I was reading Marvel Masterworks, uh, the Marvel Masterworks Volume 6, I believe, collect of the collected. Um, this It was 1981, uh, still in the year following the um, uh, death of Jean Grey, uh, of Dark Phoenix, I should say. And... Um, I was working out, uh, uh, Kitty Pride is prominently featured and from the dialogue and, um, this was the, uh, days of future past. Um, so you work out, you know, the, the timeline and it got me to thinking when she was originally conceived of, Kitty Pride was born in 1967. Yeah. That's how the math worked out. So she would have been 13 
as stated in the dialogue when she joined the X-Men in 1980. 13 and a um, half. 13 and a half. But I guess my point is, is that uh, by that math, um, she would now, in what, in, if you read the comics she's in now, um, mainly uh, 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 All New X-Men um, by Brian Michael Bendis, um, it's clearly the year 2014 in these issues, but that would make her 47 years old. Yeah, and she's more like, they've actually let her get past 18. Yeah, no, she's clearly, in, at least in her 20s, but... Yeah, she's like 23, 20, I would say most 25. Yeah. Which, I mean, which is a little stretch, because they always, they keep trying to make, like, the other X-Men, like, the original ones, not 30. But there is no way they're not early 30s. I'm not I, saying they're older than that, but they're, they got to be 32, 33. Oh, no, I've pegged, I've pegged Scott Summers, at least, as 40. And that works for me. Like, all of them, as presented... And I'm fine with that, ...absolutely too. works for me. I mean, the only three that you really have to worry about... Man, are we digressing? But hey, that's, you know, the fun of podcasting. Exactly. Um, the only three that you really have to worry about is uh, Scott, Hank, and Bobby. Because Gene, obviously, is dead at this point, yes. again. And Angel has been through so much death and resurrection that his personal timeline is no longer relevant and with the way that hank bobby and scott comport themselves i can totally see them as being roughly 40 although because let's face it i'm 42 and i'm sitting here doing a comic book podcast so as immature as bobby is i can still see him being 40 and that yeah idiotic i was putting more mid-30s because i know and at least we know one thing which has never been changed that mm -hmm. it's the order of birth for the three of them is beast cyclops Iceman. Iceman is a year or two younger. Yeah. And Beast is a and then Cyclops and Beast is a year older. Okay, so that's fair. I, in my head, it was like Beast is thirty six, Cyclops is thirty five, Bobby's thirty three. That that absolutely works for me timeline wise. But anyway, the ages of the X Men are irrelevant. My larger point is is that I had a b vague question in my mind about when the Thanos graphic novel we're covering is set, but I wasn't actually going to devote too much mental energy to it because it should ultimately be irrelevant to the plot and goings on of the actual story. And which we are now going yeah, to get beyond, back into. Beyond the fact of mentioning Galact, Master Galactus, mm -hmm. it, to me at least, it seemed pretty much like Silver Surfer. Right, exactly. So, I mean, those two words are the only things that really... Because Galactus does Master not... Master Galactus. Show, just a warning. Might Galactus, find this Galactus does not show up at all. Mm -hmm. So, beyond those two words, yeah, that's the only thing that really causes that issue. So, whether so, Starlin was mistaken... Uh huh. Or he was briefly. Or he was Galactus. deliberately choosing to set this during the surfer's return to Galactus service. That's fair. Doesn't matter. Um, I mean, really, doesn't affect anything otherwise. So uh, we move on now. Um, and the surfer, uh, it feels odd. He feels a disturbance in the force, and decides to check out the source of this disturbance. Yes, and, and this little planet, which he thinks is weird because it's not like a black hole or a pulsar or something mm -hmm. crazy. Mm -hmm. But the closer he gets to the planet, the more it feels odd. Mm -hmm. And he gets down to the it, surface. Really, so much, and and I uh, I will actually cop to this being something of a source of sat dissatisfaction to me, because with Starlin clearly wants to prevent present the feel of weighty matters being discussed and and contemplated in the course of this story um so of course the urge when reading it is to look for uh larger themes and weightier more cosmic perspective and to contemplate the goings-on of the issue in that in light of that of that point of view and yet um so much of the events of this issue are motivated by well something feels 
odd. And that, to me, is a dissatisfying motivation for plot and event in a story. So I will cop to, you know, when in the end, in the end accounting, this entire graphic novel as a single book, as a single piece of storytelling, definitely loses uh, a point or two for what to me was a definitely unsatisfying uh, motivation for the characters within the uh, events of the story. And the Silver Surfer here doing what he's doing for that reason certainly uh, extends that or, 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 or continues that. Now, I'm just, I'm just curious. I just thought of something. Yes. And I'm not arguing with you because mm-hmm. you're a lot, you know, it doesn't matter whether I agree or disagree. With right, you. right. It's your opinion. And that's why you bring me in here something. to... Uh... <laughs> but I'm just curious because well, I was going to say first... I'm assuming that's why when Stalin does these stories, it's characters who we all know have cosmic awareness. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's very, they all have that awareness. But here's my question. Okay. What if it was a similar type of story of a character, something was wrong, and he was trying to figure out what it was because it was just something wrong. Mm-hmm. And the character wore red and blue and had a spider on his front. Mm-hmm. And all we knew about something wrong was that wavy lines were coming off his head. And Spider-Man said, my spider sense is tingling. Something is wrong here. Would that bother you as much? Or is it just really the fact that they're not showing anything. Like, we don't see cosmic awareness symbol. That's fair. Like we have the spider sense where we know, oh, that's Spider-Man's spider sense. Those little black lines coming off his head. I suppose that's fair. Or would, that, I mean, sense, or would just that value the, I think to me, that would if, if that was the start of the story, if that was the beginning of the story, I suppose, I think I would find it less satisfying. I mean, okay. just, to, just to get to, again, pull back to a broad perspective, when it comes to storytelling, I am much more interested in stories about characters who want something, and in the course of their pursuit of that desire, they um, uh, uh, events then are uh, uh, ensue. Yes. Ensue consequences happen as a result of that the thing you you mentioned Sp- uh, spidey the mechanics of of uh, that have been long and and firmly established the mechanics of spider-man's spider sense uh are definitely that the the danger is nearby and that within a panel or two we will be shown a physical danger that will result from someone wanting something and acting upon that desire so this so Experience has taught me that if Spidey feels something off and his spider sense is going off, experience has taught me that it won't be more than a couple of panels before that becomes desire and consequence mode of storytelling. Whereas throughout this graphic novel, everything is kept much more vague and everybody is putting i guess it comes to relatability i mean even on a cosmic level you want some level of relatability to the characters and i don't know if if for me if in my um existence i had the sense that these characters are presenting of feeling something just vaguely off in the force or in the general feel of the cosmic web or whatever um, I, I guess I can relate to the feeling, but what I cannot relate to is the level of effort that these characters consequently, as a result, are putting into, put into responding to that feeling. And Got that, it. I think, is where the disconnect for me okay. happens. Just wanted to know. So like, Just my reaction, like the but example, there you have. You said the guy, you know, he, you see it's something. Yeah. And something is... You know, fill in the blank. There right. is something to fill in the blank there. Yeah. Here, it's just something. Well, what's the something? Mm-hmm. It's something. Yeah. But what is it? 
It's something. Yeah. And, and <laughs> Who's I on just, first? It's I, something. I, I, I guess, you know, call me hidebound or small-minded if you want, but I just require more concrete storytelling than that. Something at some point needs to relate back to um, a motivation and a, and, and a desire and, and a sense of plot momentum that I, at this point, I, in the graphic novel, I'm still just kind of not So getting. even if, like, Thanos had that, like, they devoted, like, two or three panels to Thanos looking at things in the universe and going, oh, this is wrong, and this shouldn't be there, uh-huh. and this sun went Nova, and right. it was fine, if- and the, the Skrull's new homeworld now is gone, and they don't exist anymore, wait, this is... Weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would have been more. But better. I mean, you would need to more put better. more work. You would need to put more work than Starlin has thus far here in 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 the uh, Infinity Revelation um, into explaining to me why Thanos's subsequent resulting motivation is to uh, fix quote unquote fix things or at least find out what's wrong. You know what I'm saying? Okay. He never struck me as the cosmic well, detective type. Yeah. He has always seemed to me like Thanos, I'm coming into this with an impression of Thanos like Thanos wants power. Thanos wants control over other people's lives. So he's going to pursue the cosmic cube, the infinity gauntlet. You know, the, the, he is going to pursue artifacts of power in order to exert and and act upon his desire for power. This sort of well, I'm uncomfortable, and I wish to find out why is not a strong enough motivation for me. It, it isn't really pulling me into the story um, as concretely as okay. I'd like. You see what I'm saying? No, so I, that's that's okay, that, it's that. just so, yeah. and, and I and I freely admit that that is as much a matter of personal taste as anything else. But the fact is, being 42 years old myself, at this point, my 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 tastes in storytelling have kind of been established in my life. So it's like, I kind of know what I like at this point, yeah. you know? And since Lord knows I'm not going to have enough time on this earth to read everything I want to read, my. it's going to govern. I'm going to take it seriously and allow it to govern my reading choices. Except when my very good friend, um, who I happen to do a podcast with, says, read this thing because we're going to do a podcast about it. And I'll say, okay, because there's nothing I like better than the sound of my own voice. <laughs> Although next time I might say, wait, is it like just an issue or a graphic novel? <laughs> <laughs> this one, this one's getting away from us in the worst way, dude. That's all I have to I say. I have an idea. Next time's a big thing. Why don't you just let me borrow yours? <laughs> <laughs> Do you enjoy time travel in general and the Silver Age of comic books in particular? If so, join me each week on the Superman Fan Podcast. My name is Billy Hogan, and I will be your host. Together, we'll crash through the time barrier and fly into the past to explore the Silver Age adventures of Superman. One week, we will take a look at the Superman family of titles, Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen, World's Finest Comics, and soon... Superman's girlfriend, Lois Lane. The next week, we will feature the Man of Steel's titles, Superman and Action Comics, which will include the Supergirl stories during her run in the back of that title. You can join me each week on Wednesday or Thursday at the supermanfanpodcast.blogspot.com, which is available on iTunes. And your emails are always welcome at supermanfanpodcast at gmail.com. And don't forget to wear your red indestructible cape. 
Anyway, let us let us try and inject ourselves back into the Infinity Revelation. Because we got here. two pages. We've gotten two pages in, <laughs> and it's minutes. been twenty minutes. Oh, good okay. God! So Surfer's down on the planet, mm-hmm. and apparently there's some kind of archaeological exploration going on down there. And then we see uh, someone who works on this. And I love this guy. This guy is like my favorite. Calicor. He's this blue. He looks like one of the Coneheads from yes. Planet Live, but yes. he's blue. Actually, he actually he also looks like oh, what was his name? This the very famous underground comic uh, uh, with the clown, uh, Zippy the Pinhead. Zippy the Pinhead. Yes. He looks like Zippy the Pinhead. Yes, but blue, and he's smoking. He pulls out. Oh, a pipe. he is he is he's doping up, buddy. Something. He is doping up, and I love this because I know from reading, and I alluded to this briefly last time. I know from reading Marvel: The Untold Story that Starlin, along with. Um, Engelhart and Gerber and Milgram, when they came to Marvel back in the early 70s, as they called themselves the Detroit Crew, yes. they were basically... They, the Marvel The Untold Story by Sean Howe, fabulous book if you haven't read it, strongly recommend it, um, tells a number of amusing anecdotes of basically that they would just get lit up on LSD or some other, like consciousness altering substance and go tripping through lower Manhattan and like the experiences that they had both with the architecture and just each other and meeting other people and just tripping balls while doing this um, would really inform a lot of the stuff that they would then put into the comics that they wrote and or drew um, at that period in history and it's absolutely appropriate to the culture but having a like a straight up flat out stoner turn up in a Starlin graphic a novel because he has a little tuft of hair on top, mm-hmm. and then you could see it looks like even though it's a cone head, it looks like he has the the old the old man hippie yeah oh yeah, hippie yeah haircut where it's like the it has like this, the fringe the, the, of hair the fringe around of the hair back. around from like around the ears yeah. and it, but it's long and goes into a ponytail well, and I I love guys like that because I see them all the time the concerts I go to I'm into 60s and 70s music so when I go to concerts you see a lot of dudes with that hair yeah. but yeah so you're right having an aging of a, a bald faced aging stoner in a Jim Starlin graphic novel is so appropriate I just love it yes love it and I love this so first shows up he's like I seek information about this excavation mm-hmm. and uh Calicor just freaks out. Flips out, yeah. You're the Silver Surfer. You work for Galactus. Run for your lives. <laughs> We're all going to die. He just takes off. I love it. He, he panics and has an attack. And the Surfer is just like, enough. And immobilizes him. I like yeah. that. That is a great response to panic. Who are you shouting to? Yes. He says. You are drug... Oh, I see. You are drug-addled. <laughs> So Surfer's asking for information, and Calicor basically tells him it's an archaeological dig that ran out of funding. Now, I have to ask, the Surfer here, in, in the next-to-last panel on this page, according, according, right, according to, uh, this is page 24 of 99, do away, it's probably, I'm, I'm, I'm reading it digitally on Comixology, so, um, uh, it, it, anyway, the point is, in the next-to-last panel, the Silver has a look on his face that we've also seen on Adam Warlock's face um, earlier in the issue. And I have to say, um, it, it's uncharacteristic. So I have to wonder, is this something... Are, are these characters expressing this sort of, for lack of a better description, sinister or, or antisocial kind of, kind of um, dark personality uh trait is that is there precedent for that or is this something that that is not un- that I'm aware of okay. of course no i don't know whether we're reading too much in or if he intends this because it's starlin so mm-hmm. we can go either way mm-hmm. is that supposed to be 
the thing that's wrong with the universe. We have Adam Warlock and the Silver Surfer, two characters that are generally on the good side. Adam maybe sometimes more a bit ambivalent, yeah. but for the most part on the side of good. I mean, Surfer's always been kind of emo, a little, frankly. A little sinister and twisted. <laughs> right. And we have Thanos, who is basically about... Give me power. I mm-hmm. want to kill people mm-hmm. and make love to death and, you know, have bones and stuff. <laughs> and he's like, oh, something's wrong. I'm going to go find out what it is. I smell a mystery. Uh, Come on, gang. We're going to solve it. Yeah, we're going to drive into the mystery machine. Come on, Scoob. <laughs> and could that be the whole point of that? Is that that's why that's the whole problem? Could be. Could be, but it, it occurs to me... Like, or am I just, like I said, reading too much into it, which is it, it also could, possible. Any, either is possible. Now, if that's there deliberately, then I have to give Sterling credit for engaging in a far more esoteric a mode of graphic novel storytelling than is, is normal mm-hmm. for a Marvel uh, uh, comic or a mainstream big, co- you know, big company uh, comic product. But I don't know. That depends entirely upon whether or not it's deliberate. And just because it's deliberate and I give him kudos for that doesn't necessarily mean that it is um, effective or pulled off adequately for my taste, but we'll get to that later. So, going, moving on. So, um, so yeah, the dig has been ran off funding and shut mm-hmm. down, and the scientists are all off trying to raise money, so he's okay. just kind of Watching the place, mm-hmm. which is why it was great. The silver said, "Who are you screaming to?" I know that You're was the that's only a nice... one here, and no wonder the guy's sitting there working and getting stoned. He's like on his own planet for himself for like probably like three or four months. Dude, that's what I would. Yeah, I mean, if I was sure, all by it. myself on a planet for a few months, I would be I would be lighting up nightly. Because let's face yeah. it. But yeah, he says they say the buildings are millions of years old. Millions of years old. Mm-hmm. That's all I know. That's all I know. So the surfer, <laughs> like the surfer's response, which is not much. <laughs> Remain here. He orders him to remain here because the surfer, much like uh, the doctor in Doctor Who, just really doesn't function well without a sidekick to yes. talk to, you know? So the surfer flies into the building and it goes into a cavern with these, it looks like regular bats, which is kind of weird. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And apparently there's a, looks like it's a temple or something down there. Yeah, yeah, very cool. And inside we find some weird... Multi-dimensional polyhedron thing. Yeah, we're not really sure what it's made of. It almost looks like a weird shape. It's crackling and radiating energy. I want to, in like visualization, Mm -hmm. it it looks like a big, but definitely different shaped cosmic cube. Okay, see, I was thinking more along the lines of Macron Crystal. Okay. Something, like um, something, it's definitely evoking that sort of feel. It's some kind of energy thing that's yeah. sitting there just hovering. And and it, it, it um, non-pluses the surfer, by the stars, what is this thing? You know, sort of a deal. And he's trying to figure out what it is, so he tries to cut off a little bit. bit with, of his co- with his uh, uh, force cosmic. Power cosmic. Uh, power cosmic. By the power cosmic. Yes. It's always power cosmic, not cosmic power. He's, he speaks like Yoda. Yes, yes, sometimes. by the power But cosmic. he can't cut it off. You can't affect it in any way, shape, or form. And he says, I have associates who would find this mysterious object as intriguing as I do. I shall contact them immediately. Yes. So, which explains why we get a few other people showing up in the next few pages. Now, then, we, and it's weird, because before we cut to the next scene, we get this wide shot of uh, Colacor? Col- Calicor? Calicor. Calicor. Um, hanging out on the surface with the birds flying around. Calicor, yes. Okay. Yeah, uh, uh, for, for, for no apparent reason. And then we jump to Mord, homeworld home of, of the Brotherhood of the Badoon. Ooh, evil Badoon. Uh-huh. Now, and we're back with Thanos' narration, and that's what I wanted to ask you, because in Thanos' narration, he says, to, uh, he says, my last supposed joint venture with the Badoon went badly for them, 
And I'm wondering what he's talking about because, again, this comes back to the timing, which I wasn't going to spend that much time thinking about. But right around the time that I'm reading this, I was also reading, um, at least uh, I was reading the Guardians of the Galaxy tie-in issues of the recent Infinity okay. uh, uh, event. Uh, in which the Badoon, the Badoon were manning the ships of uh, oh, okay. they were. Thanos' fleet because the Guardians of the Galaxy issues at least deal with uh, the Guardians teaming up with... Uh, to, to rescue Abigail Brand from captivity in a Badoon starship, and then basically uh, blam murdering a bunch of Badoon on their way to uh, participating in the big mm. climax of uh, the Infinity Event. So I'm wondering if that's what Thanos is referring to, although that wouldn't appear to work out with any of the other uh, continuity signposts that we've discovered I'm in this issue. I'm going to look up later and find out, because I was going to say maybe it was from the the, th- the one beforehand where it goes to the Cancerverse, but I know the Avengers weren't involved with that, and it says here, they appear to still be licking their wounds from a, a recent, recent encounter with, with the, the Avengers, Avengers and those so-called Guardians of the Galaxy. Which does imply this is after Infinity, so I have to figure out if they've done anything which shows when Thanos has come out of his, uh... Oh, but wait. Now, I don't read it. Uh-huh. But I did skim through recent issues of New Avengers. Okay. And Which that, I have not read since uh, uh, Hickman took over. Oh, Hickman? so the whole, yeah, the whole, so this whole current run, because he took over. Yeah, no, I, 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 when, when Bendis, I, as I've left. said, as I've said on Twitter, uh, I follow creators. So when Bendis left Avengers and went over to X-Men, so did I. Yeah. Well, I'm, re- those I'm reading currently. Mm-hmm. Avengers and New Avengers, I'm reading on the Marvel Unlimited okay. app and website, mm-hmm. and I'm only on issue like one or two of New Avengers, okay. but I have skimmed through here and there, mm-hmm. and Thanos is in one of the most recent issues. Okay. So he definitely, not just in Starlin's book, mm-hmm. but in other stuff, he is not in the form he was in at the end of Infinity. Okay. So I guess he has come out at some point. I don't mm-hmm. know whether they showed it yet or not, mm-hmm. but he is out. So that at least works as... At first, I thought he was still stuck in the, the way they left him at the mm-hmm. end of Infinity. And I was like, well, then how can he be here? Mm-hmm. So maybe this is it. And I don't know. Maybe just to throw it out there, after all those years of slavery to him, maybe still, you know, Silver Surfer just thinks of him as Master Galactus. That 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 definitely could be. Or maybe their relationship has con- come to a point. I mean, at this point, if this is after Infinity, if this is set after the Infinity, then Galactus is not a concern because... He had gone over to the Ultimate Universe in the Cataclysm event following Age yes. of Ultron, and and that he's now stuck in the uh, negative zone. In the negative zone, so he's not even an issue. But and actually, anyway. with the Guardians thing, real quick to say, it could just be because their costume switched, mm-hmm. just like Adams. Fair enough. So, but I okay. want to get back to yes. Thanos's narration. It's too easy to get sucked in that. I know, but the, but the, it's interesting because concurrently with the, this, I have also uh, spent the time in since our last recording session. Um, reading more of the uh, Captain Marvel issues collected in Avengers vs. Thanos um, trade paperback. I need to read those. And they, um, it's actually, it's cool to get into the whole, if you can get them in that collection, it's good because they do read well together in the binge read. Mm. It is cool. But even back then, when Starlin, who created Thanos, you know, was, was first working with the character, Thanos was sort of a generic cosmic power mad villain. What I love about this, the um, narration here, the, the internal monologue here, is that it continues to give us an unprecedented level of interesting, entertaining personality for Thanos. I mean, the whole way he talks about this, um, 
they appear to still be licking their runes from the recent encounter, so I am not expecting an overly warm reception, but apparently the Badoon ridiculously believe that I should share in the ignominious shame of their recent defeat. It's like, without doing anything to invalidate or that runs counter to the arrogance and general crabbiness, for lack of a better term, of his earlier uh, uh, appearances, just this is more flat-out personality than we've seen in Thanos, and it's entertaining. And so kudos to Starlin for having, I guess, pure conjecture, grown as a writer to that yeah, point. Where he's so. not just generic, you know, mastermind villain A. Yeah, exactly. B. Exactly. Now he's got this, like, crabby, cranky arrogance that is just fun to read. So if there's pleasures to be found in this graphic novel, that's where they reside. I like, And I like this part. All this I learned from monitoring their most recent media transmissions. So basically on the way over, Thanos is watching Badoon TV. Yes, yes. Foolish Badoons. You know? <laughs> <laughs> He's still doing Chenna going, CSI Mord, CSI yes. Badoon, CSI Mord of Mord 1. Oh my god, it's over here too. Oh, it sucks. I hate TV. Um, so he shows up there and apparently it's a Badoon holy site because one of the Badoon priests is there. Mm-hmm. And... Um, Thanos is like, I come seeking a certain object. And he does, I love it, he's so casual. He does the the put one leg up and rest your elbow on your knee thing. It's like, that's so just like, To be fair, well, it's Jim, all sort of get himself at eye level because no, Thanos is friggin' huge. Right, but it's just such a, well, Jim, let me tell ya. And it's like, oh, I love it, love it, love it. So he shows him a picture of the box, mm-hmm. and they actually know what it is. It's the Kilzara. The uh-huh. most holy of Badoon relics. Oh, of course it is. And of course the Badoon says, but, you know, we know what it is. We can tell you what it is, but, you know, of course, you, you know you can't take it. It's a big holy, you know, it's our big most holy relic. You know you can't take it. And Thanos is like, yeah. Yeah, you're going to give it to me immediately. And that's the Thanos we know and love. That will not occur, Titan. So, And now, something about this confrontation causes Adam Warlock, resting from his recent incarnation, to, uh, he, back on Thanos' ship, um, something about this confrontation causes uh, Warlock to basically, insofar as, as a cosmic being with lights for eyes can, basically start uh, 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 startle awake and go, huh? And what? he looks around the ship and he sees the uh, weird, the numbers. That's right. They used yes. to be the weird symbols, yes. and Thanos translate them into numbers. But yes. there's a whole stretch of like 35, 36 numbers in a row. Mm-hmm. And like, he's looking what? at the numbers. And he wants to know what Thanos is after this time. He wonders if it's omnipotence. But apparently not. The Titan appeared to be genuinely disturbed by something being off kilter. And I am as nonplussed as Warlock by this, but there you are. Um, so Thanos is in the uh, Temple of the Badoon. Yeah, which which looks uh, actually looks like the first bank of Badoon, but that's another uh, yes. matter altogether. <laughs> and I like how, he, as he's looking through it, he talks about their architecture. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, architecturally, though, the temples are pretty much what one would expect. Sadly, very Badoon-ish. Yeah. Races evolved from reptilian origins always tend to have rather questionable aesthetic leanings. Right. It's just basically his 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 con- like condescending musings on the lameness of the Badoon is great. I love that. Yeah. He's- and so he gets to the box that he mm-hmm. was looking for, and he opens said box, mm-hmm. and inside is what looks like a little charm on a chain. A trinket, yes. as he calls it. And it's actually... The same like shape as the giant artifact that the surfer, surfer found in that cave. 
but he doesn't see anything out of the ordinary about it. He's not right. sure it's why he's very common iron metal, you know. Um, no radiations, vibrations, signals. Nothing. nothing coming from it. As he points out, nothing I should be interested in or lured to. So he's going to take it home to look in, look at. And that is the fact that there's nothing interesting about it is interesting enough to warrant further investigation, Thanos decides. I find that interesting. <laughs> yeah. And then he gets shot at, which does nothing. And mm-hmm. it's the priest from the beginning, except he's missing an arm. Oh, it is you. <laughs> yeah. And, uh... Where did the arm go? You have to think the arm went away um, wh- wh- on Thanos' way into the temple. I kind of picture Thanos grabbing by the arm and throwing him, yeah. but forgetting to let go of the arm. Yeah, that by works. by force, just the arm stayed. Uh-huh. I like this, I like this little exchange here, because it's kind of amusing, and I have to wonder if Thanos is being sarcastic or mm-hmm. serious, where he tries to, you know, when the priest tries to kill him, and he says, the Badoon have always served you well, Titan. Yeah. Why did you choose to deal with us so harshly this day? Uh-huh. And his response, Thanos' response is, sadly, priest, I am not as tolerant as I used to be. But he, which is funny for him to say <laughs> at this point, because he is. This is not nearly the power-mad, kill-first-ask-questions-later Thanos of the 1970s. And I have to wonder if that's intentionally Thanos being like, make a little him. joke. Yeah. <laughs> Which, which actually would be in keeping with the deepening of his character that we continue to see throughout this, which appears to be kind of the purpose of this graphic novel. I mean, really the purpose of this graphic novel, and, you know, sort of leaping not to the end per se, but to perhaps try to deal with the graphic novel as a whole before the appropriate point in the podcast. But I just have to say... It, to me, looking at the graphic novel as a whole, the point appears less to be what happens in it and whatever the ramifications of that might be for the multiverse, and more just to reintroduce Thanos um, to readers with his new Starlin written better personality. Yes. And, um, but I mean, he still has a bit of a temper because when we see a nice full page spread of him outside the temple, mm-hmm. and uh, there's a couple buildings on fire, mm-hmm. and there's like a good 20, 30 Badoon laying dead. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So obviously, he still has a bit of a temper. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, and yeah, this all accompanies him. Basically, he basically lays it down, down for the priest. He says, because um, he says to the priest inside the temple, he says, You tried to keep me from something I wanted. That's a, you've learned your lesson better, and, and then he goes outside and you see the devastation wrought, and he says, a valuable lesson learned. And, okay, so this is, so Thanos is not, he's not, he hasn't become a superhero all of a sudden. He's still Thanos, and you get in my way, and I will, so. And he teleports back to his ship, and I believe you're right, it is coffee, because Adam, yeah, yeah. pouring himself a mug as well, so I think it is coffee. And, and Adam's just got this, like, look, like, I don't know how to describe the look on his face, but it's still like the the evil grin. He's got an evil grin on his face, and he's had it before in this issue. So it's like, what is up with Warlock? Yeah, and I like that. He's just sitting there reading and Mm -hmm. having a coffee. It's like we have a panel here of a close-up of, of Warlock's face, and he asks, he asks, what are you currently up to, Thanos? And again, Starlin has gone out of his way to draw the drawn-in eyebrows, the furrow, the, the, the furrow between the eyebrows, and the smile. And you put that together, like the eyebrows drawn in and the smile. This is not a good Adam. This Adam looks evil. Yeah, he looks a little twisted. So, that is... You made him purple and I would it's like, yeah, yeah, it's all you need be purple. Yeah. And he's the Magus. And in he, yeah, yes, exactly. Well, and an afro. Yes. But, um, but my, but you're right. So, I'm, I'm, I'm curious about that, I'm, I'm, that's something I'm getting off of here. You know, 
I'm wondering about that, and I'm also wondering, am I supposed to be wondering about that as yeah. a reader? Does Starlin intend for me to note the difference in 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 his countenance and wonder about it? Anyway. Yeah. Again, like I said, is it is that the whole point of the imbalance? Is that yeah. like he and Surfer acting a little evil while Thanos is more well, not altruistic, but <laughs> not quite cuddly, but but you know, still a little more gentler and kinder. Yeah. Or maybe not gentler and kinder. But at least more like less than just than killing and maiming and more yes. about Ooh, what's this mystery? Yes. Let's go follow it, kids. Come on. Exactly. All he needs is a dog. The Infinity Well guided him to the trinket, and but he has no idea what it's for, like what it what it portends. And then he notices the numbers, and Adam had a he apparently Adam had separated the numbers, mm-hmm. and they're stellar coordinates, and then latitude and longitude. Mm-hmm. And I like that. I should have caught that myself. Oh, that's what they were. I just yeah, thought the numbers need breaking is, up. And that's and 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 again, <laughs> I'm wondering if the fact that Thanos didn't a didn't catch that, and b um, sort of almost offhandedly notes that he should have all of this i'm wondering if these are also personality quirks that i'm meant to take note of uh uh, he thanks adam and uh he he feeds adam on energy uh he tells adam you've become a direct consumer of energy so when he says hey i'm gonna go check these coordinates out do you want to come with me and adam's like i'm kind of weak he just blasts him and adam's like what did you do that for and thanos is like you've become a direct consumer of energy so i just Plugged you in and, and, and powered you up. And I love the buddy. sarcastic smile on him. Do you feel any better? Uh-huh. Y- yes, yes, I do. Yes. <laughs> yep. You've become a direct consumer of energy, such like much like Galactus and his myriad heralds. Ah, who we will be coming into contact with soon, perhaps. Yes, maybe. Um, I gain most of my sustenance in the same manner these days, though I am still tempted by the odd steak and distilled beverage. Dude likes a steak and a beer. I'm relating to him better already, although now we're back to what was in the mug, you know? Uh, Adam, I definitely think it's coffee. Mm-hmm. Thanos, either or. Yeah, could be. Because as far um, as he's concerned, look, it's three in the morning somewhere. Now, this is great because in one, in two lines of dialogue here, Starlin almost deconstructs the entire existence of this story up until now, basically. Because Warlock, now feeling better, says says to Thanos... Tell me about this uneasiness you have been feeling, to which Thanos immediately responds with a grimace. I am in no need of psychoanalysis. <laughs> like, all of a sudden, you've just completely undermined the entire story that you've been telling us to, de- to, to this point, Starlin. What are you up to, buddy? And it's almost like Thanos saying, shut up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Look, I got my whole graphic, own graphic novel. It's my name on the cover. Don't fuck us up for me. And this is a great uh, and a great rejoinder to it by Adam Warlock, who immediately says, "Well, that's debatable." Yeah, <laughs> he's like, "Look, I'm not offering to be your doctor." Mm-hmm. He's like, "I feel a little discomfort too, but I also just came back from being dead." Mm-hmm. So, so um, that's why I want you to explain it to see it. He's like, you know. "I don't have a baseline yet." Yeah, so, you know that might be normal. I don't know. Mm-hmm. You explain to me. So, um, and that. Energy converted, and and so now Warlock, while he has been speaking, has generated, for no apparent reason, this odd little floating ball of light, and he says he's still alternating costumes, like from panel to panel. It Pretty much, yeah. pointed out, and so he generates this thing, and Thanos says, "What's that? Energy converted into matter, controlled before, during, and afterwards." This is very vague, and um. 
this 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 dialogue right there in those two couple of panels not terribly comprehensible to me and i don't like that i don't like when you when you put a wall between me and the story like that yes but i do like least when they meant they acknowledge that and Stanoff says interesting but off point okay yeah i'm like but like so why did you okay i guess it's a clue we'll come back to it later and learn what it means okay <laughs> fine but you know i i we'll see we'll see so uh what is this <laughs> so they go to like this big it's like a ball of cosmic stuff surrounded by energy and lasers and lights. And, and Thanos says, oh, this is just something I tinkered together. Really? Of late, I use it when deep concentration is required. It focuses my perceptions by visualizing both subconscious and conscious musings. So it it's quite basically clarifying. so it's basically a mirror into his own thoughts. So basically, it's a cosmic dep- uh, deprivation tank. Yeah, it's it. Basically, what he's built is he's gonna go and be the emperor, uh, the the uh, emperor Palpatine in the Empire Strikes Back. You remember when Vader walks into the room and the thing is just coming down? Psh- no, no, that's, that's oh, no, Vader. It's just, oh, it's Vader. It was Vader. I that's thought it was the, the emperor. Moment. That's the, oh, okay, okay, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, it's Vader there in his chamber, after, right before after he's talking to the Emperor, mm-hmm. the helmet's coming back on, because you see the back of his head. So, and, and so it occurs to me that, that not for the first time, okay, so you make a good point, and I'm suitably uh, chastened, but, um, uh, 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 yeah, thank you. Um, it, it occurs to me that this is probably not the first time that a parallel has been drawn, though, between... Thanos and Darth Vader. Oh, yeah. Okay, even though Thanos was created years before Darth Vader appeared on our screens. But yes. anyway. But yeah, th- as far as I can tell, it's basically just a cosmic uh, deprivation uh, okay. tank. And boy, they step into it, and it is vintage Steve Ditko, Doctor Strange, 1960s, cosmic, psychedelic Which weirdness. Starling used a lot also, in his, like his, especially when he first came on Adam Warlock from mm-hmm. Strange Tales. Because mm-hmm. you got just white... And then a little bit of black rainbows in the and disembodied eyeballs and, and giant mouths. There's always a giant mouth yeah. opening up with like a path going into it. Yeah, and just and 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 random like Kirby crackle and just craziness. Yeah, there's splotches and moons and planets and then just geometric shapes. Yeah, Escher-esque uh, spatial distortion. Um, and and such dry sarcasm from Warlock here, who steps into this psychedelic mind mess and and immediately says, "Ah, yes, I can see why you chose this place for contemplation. No distractions here." Yeah. So they move on, and, and this is actually we get the, some of the most ex- discussion of what the point is here, where Thanos mm-hmm. says, "In recent months, everything in the universe seems to be slightly seems to me slightly out of balance, perhaps incomplete." Especially my own self. Uh, yeah, and so they're they're sort of discussing it, and uh, they're done trying to go back and Thanos now. When now is this a reference to something we have seen? The the the, the reference to the time when Thanos was thwarting Akhenaten's yes. pathetic ambitions. Yes, but yeah, but real quick. Yeah, basically they're trying to figure out where Thanos left, lost part of himself. Okay. So basically, it's the equivalent like retrace your steps and figure out where your keys are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm ninety nine percent sure because I read it. It's been a little while, but it was Marvel the End. Okay. Remember, for a little brief time, Marvel had this big fascination with doing the end miniseries, which where they would get creators onto a book, like a miniseries, and do like the end story. Yeah, I I only know that. I never read any of them there myself. There was like a Fantastic Four, the end. I and only like read Claremont about it. Did like a three part six issue, three part each part six issue miniseries mm-hmm. of the X Men, the end. 
Yeah, um, I, I, I remember um, the only reason I know that they existed was because when uh, Bendis Mack and Sinkovich did Daredevil End of Days back in 2012 and 2013, they um, explained its existence as saying that it was kind of in the spirit of the Marvel The End miniseries. And this was actually called Marvel The End. Mm-hmm. Although it actually was different than the other ones in that it actually wasn't about the end of the Marvel Universe. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it does end because it's a Marvel, it's a Jim Starlin cosmic book. Mm-hmm. So, spoiler, Marvel Universe gets wiped out and then comes back. Gotcha. Which he does a lot. He mm-hmm. likes to do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it actually took place in that current continuity. Mm-hmm. Everything else was in its own alternate world mm-hmm. and usually mm-hmm. set sometime in the future. Mm-hmm. That took place at the current time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I could see that. And so that's when he thought there was like there was a, this pharaoh who basically came back and actually was like Ram, like uh, Ramatat mm-hmm. was not just an Egyptian pharaoh but was some kind of alien or had some kind of cosmic intense cosmic power. Okay, he basically came back to claim the Earth and I think the entire universe. And a few people opposed him, including I believe Spider Man was in that and uh, Captain Marvel, the mm-hmm. uh, the second Captain Marvel, the one who the, the who is the son of the original. Okay, uh, yes, um, Novar, right? No, no, no that's, that's Marvel Ki- Boy. Marvel Boy. That's a Genesvel or Genesvel. Oh, Genesvel. Because it was called Jenny as like a nickname, like okay. as a joke. The one who's the the one who's the star of the Captain Marvel series, written by Peter, Peter David. David. Yes, and, which you know, I read. by at least in one of the series by Chris Cross that had Rick Jones in it again. Yes, I, I I read one issue of that and I don't remember Moon why. Dra- but I had did. Moon Dragon hitting on Rick Jones' ex-wife Marlo, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which was entertaining. Which was entertaining. Was that before or after she took up with Quasar? Before. Okay. That's actually when uh, the lesbian. Was revealed, okay, or, part, or at least when they first started show, introducing that as part of her character. Okay, fair enough. Now, um, what I find interesting is the casual way in which um, um, uh, Thanos says that at this time I was in the process of gaining unimaginable power. He says that exactly the same way that I would say, "Well, I was walking to the store when you know I was in the process of gaining unimaginable power." See, at the time we were out of bread. <laughs> yeah. And and then and I, then I also love how and this is again the Thanos that we know and love. He said, uh, "Universal reaction to this acquisition was jealousy." Yes, that's what it was. Absolute jealousy. And then we show a big sp- uh, splash page of him pretty much fighting the Marvel Universe. Fighting at at Thanos versus the Marvel Universe. At that time. Mm-hmm. Cuz like I said, it has that Captain Marvel in there. Mhm. Uh Older version of Iron Man's armor, it looks like. Mm-hmm. Uh, Thor with the beard. Yes. Um, and shoulder pouches. Ugh. God, I hate the 90s. Um, Thor doesn't have shoulder... So- oh, yeah. Well, those look shorter pads. Uh, they look pouchy to me. But anyway. Pouchy, um, maybe. And I love that the Kree Supreme Intelligence is hanging out back there Hang. for no apparent reason. <laughs> I think Modok's in the upper... Yeah, above yep. Angel. Yep. Yep, Son you've got Modok. Yep. There. Uh, and and here's what I love. He, and, Stingray. And this this is one of the things that I've always loved about her character uh, and whose character. Well, I'll tell you. You've got all these heavy hitters here. You've got you know the Hulk and Captain Marvel and Thor and uh, Ca- Captain America, Iron Man, Black Bolt, Namor. And, and these are like super like badass. And then all the way Akaris, Akaris from the Eternals. Right. Uh, right there. Oh yeah, yeah. And so you've got all these like cosmic level heavy hitters. And, you know, Spider-Man, who's not exactly a cosmic-level heavy hitter, but who's often there when the shit goes Starling down. Starling seems to use Spider- like to use Spider-Man a lot in these yeah. characters, because I'm pretty certain, like, in Marvel the End, Spidey's in it as well. It's like right. Spidey and Captain Marvel. But so then, and in the upper left, uh, upper right-hand corner of this, of this splash panel, just, uh, like, like, sort of only half in the panel, Tigra. 
Yes. Yes, Tiger, you have a chance of participating in this movie. To be fair, we also have Ant-Man. That's true, and the Wasp. So... I don't even see Wasp. Uh, right here. Oh, dear. <laughs> I love Wasp. You think I'm, I'm Black Panther, although at least Black Panther is smart enough. We have a little bit of the thing's face. Yeah, yeah. Tiny, so tiny thing so face. a lot, a lot going down there, and uh, that's, uh, it's a hell of a panel. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, Thanos says, they had, no mo- they had no notion that what I actually strove to achieve was a writing of a cosmic aberration that then threatened all reality. So naturally, you responded in your usual level-headed fashion, says Warlock. Love the sarcasm. Love it. And the response back is, When reaching a certain plane of enlightenment and power, it becomes rather difficult to tolerate the interference of lesser beings. Yeah, and then he follows that up with, Yes, I admit it. I overreacted and destroyed everything in the universe. The matter-of-fact way that he is relaying these events, again, it, it, it can only be perceived as dry humor, and I'm adoring it. I am adoring it, yeah. and I am completely entertained by this. And Adam says, except for me, because yes. Adam wasn't destroyed. I suppose I thought a witness was required. And I'm pretty certain that's the costume, because we see a flashback to that of Adam in a yes. different costume. And I'm pretty sure that's the costume he wore in, in that series. Warlock and the Infinity Watch? Or, no, 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 this is after that. I'm War- obsessed with War- that. Right. Okay. Well, I love anyway, that series. Yeah, so I haven't read it yet, but... Um, and we're going to get to this page, and then we're going to have to come back... And In a part three. This, this graphic novel is killing us, but people. be fair... Whether you like it or not, if you re- if you bought this and you're reading along with us, uh-huh. you are get we are making sure you get your money's worth because yeah. this is not a four three two ninety nine book. This is not a four ninety nine book. No, this is a twenty four ninety five book, or I believe on Comicology it was like nineteen ninety nine. No, still, it was, I think it was uh, no, yeah, it was a little less perhaps. So, but, but still, it's a chunk of change. Yeah, so we are making sure that you get every iota of possible entertainment and intellectual value out of. This and at least, novel. you know, for the fact that since Brian's like, what am I reading? At least he's like, well, at least, like, you know, I didn't read it once for 30 seconds. I needed, I'm done. I needed, I, needed, I needed a bunch of podcasts to talk through this one with Al. I'll tell you what. Yes. So, um, so we'll finish up this part here and then we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll go to call, the end. Yep. Yeah. So um, uh, uh, they're still trying to parse, like, the meaning of this, of this past event. Uh, Warlock basically says, so afterwards you willingly gave up all that power. Why? And Thanos is like, I wasn't satisfied. For me, the, I've always liked the quest more than actually having whatever it is I was searching for. It also uh, added to that, I didn't expect Mistress Death to appear. Yes, and she kissed him. Yes. I well remember that kiss. As do I. Yeah. I'm sure you do, Thanos. <laughs> when I'm he's home sure alone, you do. Computer's off. Turn yes. off. Shut down the windows. Yep. No one's seeing. He remembers that kiss well. Where's my lotion? Yes. Um, <laughs> and then he realized that without meaning to, uh, 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 he had earned her love and respect by destroying everything in the universe. Um, and that was what he had or really fixing. wanted all along. What more was there to live for? So he kind of just gave up and, and, and let himself... Go and and let himself oh. fade into non-existence. And then he, we'll, we'll stop with that. We'll mm-hmm. bring back the last panel well, for the next time. But we'll stop mm-hmm. there. You know, he said it felt good. We're relinquishing my hold on this life. I right. truly believe my journey, journey had ended. And I'm pretty sure, like I'm pretty sure that it's the right miniseries, Marvel: The mm-hmm. End. Basically, that was at a point at the time they were saying we were fixing things. Dead is now dead. Mm-hmm. There is no more. Everyone dying and coming back repeatedly. Mm-hmm. And that was starting with the, that was like starting with Thanos or something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think, although I forget whether or not he actually did come back in the series. I think he did come back in the series, but it was supposed to be like the, because of him refixing, restarting it. Mm-hmm. He was fixing that imbalance, and dead was now dead. Mm-hmm. There was not going to be this ran, this revolving door. 
uh-huh. of we die, we come back, we die, we come back. I know, of course, people have still come back in Marvel since then. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to remember how long though they at least kept the leash on it of let's not do this every five seconds. Right, right, right. And that is where we will leave you off with part two. Yes. We will possibly finish with part three. Yeah, we'll see what happens in part three. But yes. So like I said, now we're not going to talk about Adam's powers because mm-hmm. we're kind of doing that as we go along. Yes. So far, yes. really always done is he can now convert energy. And converse with Thanos. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, he can convert energy. Like yes. That's how he survives now. He is now, he is now a, a, a user of energy. Yes. yes. And of course, like I said, besides buying the actual physical copy, you can find, this, you know, there's only really one reprint because mm-hmm. it's very new. You can get this book on Comicology, which mm-hmm. is actually a couple dollars cheaper than buying the physical, which yes. is nice. Yes, it is. And uh, since there's a few Adam's friends from that month, because those comics were still being published, mm-hmm. I figured instead of all shoving them now, I thought at first this was going to be the last part, so mm-hmm. we were just doing them now. But since there's at least going to be one more part, let's cut it up a little bit. Okay. So uh, we're going to do... Fantastic Four. Mm-hmm. So you want to do... There's two issues, actually, because Marvel does their double shipping, which I love. Okay. So Jerks. <laughs> this... So you want to do number eight, and I'll do number nine? Okay. Um, right there. Okay. So uh, number eight, um, Adam's Friends. Fantastic Four number eight uh, uh, came out, I guess, the month that this uh, graphic novel Both, came out. Yep. Um, it was written by... Uh, it was by James Robinson and Leonard Kirk. I'm assuming James Robinson on the writing and Leonard Kirk on the yes. writing. Um, it was an original si- sin tie-in with the tagline, Ben Grimm, murderer? Oh? Yeah, I looked these up online. So this is what I got, I think, from like solicitations. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cause they, and then the same month as well, we had Fantastic Four number nine. Mm-hmm. And this is, of course, of the 2014 series. Mm-hmm. And I love this came out in May and they're right up to nine. Mm-hmm. It's like, wait, how does that work out? That's because they like to double or triple ship. That pisses mm-hmm. me off. By James Robinson, Mark Lanning, and Scott Hanna. Mm-hmm. Who is the new Frightful Four? Can Reed prove Ben's innocence? And an adventure with the kids of the Future Foundation and the original Human Torch. Ah, the Android Human Torch. Excellent. Yes. And actually, I'm liking that part. Okay, that's cool. So, <clears throat> um, uh, so uh, I think that's going to... Uh kind of uh, do it for us uh, this time around? Yes, okay. Uh, would you like to tell people where they can find you? Yes, if you love the sound of my voice almost as much as I do, you can find me uh, every week on the Podwits podcast at podwits.com. And as part of the Podwits podcast network, I also do Four Color Fanboys with my buddy Al. Don't know who that is, but, um, you know, yeah, this guy Al, he's very good. He knows about comics. What can I say? Um, that one can be found at fourcolor.podwits.com. Also, uh, Wahoo! The Sergeant Fury podcast, where me and my friend Dion Bai Go through the classic war comic, Sergeant Fury and his Howling Commandos, issue by issue. Uh, that one's a lot of fun, and I urge you to check it out at furycast.podwits.com. All three of those are also available on iTunes. Woohoo! All right, now Brian has to go, so I'm going to throw a promo in here, and then I'll be back to close out the show with uh, my you know, email information, and also I have an email to read. Okay, and cool. we'll close out the show. So we'll see you next time, Brian. See you next time. Bye. Bye. Say, kids, what would you like to do tonight? synopsis of a Lovecraft story, then talk about background critical reviews and what the stories say about the author. How do we get these two boys into our home? HPPodcast.com The internet? I don't know. It's wholesome family entertainment. We can even get on iTunes. It's easy.
school. And then we can impress our school friends with all our arcane knowledge. Say, you know what I like to do on a night like this? With the dark woods out back silhouetted by the ghostly full moon, the branches shadows making all sorts of crazy angled patterns in the yard. You two aren't going to do that again, are you? Why don't you two go out back and play with the shadows? Take the baby with you. Hey, there's already somebody out there. What? I think they're coming to talk to us. Okay, we actually have an email this episode again. Yay! So this email is from W. Blaine Dowler, and it is entitled Masterworks Volume 2 Exists. Hi, Al. Marvel Masterworks Warlock Volume 1 includes Marvel Premiere 1 and 2, Warlock 1 through 8, and Incredible Hulk 176 to 178 in proper reading order. Marvel Masterworks Warlock Volume 2 includes Strange Tales 178 to 181, Warlock 9 to 15, Marvel Team Up 55, Avengers Annual 7, and Marvel 2 and 1 Annual Number 2. I have both. Enjoy your June 13th email, Blaine, because this email came on July 13th. I'm assuming that's what he meant when he wrote June. This is a little behind, I know. I think I said this before in the show, I forget, but I'm being lazy. Instead of reading all the ones I have at once, I'm doing one email or iTunes review at a time, because that way then I have something for every episode. And everyone gets the spotlight just on themselves. And isn't that what we all want? But thank you, Blaine, for emailing. Now I know at least that, and we all know, that there are two Masterworks volumes, so if you want to go find it, go right ahead. And I will make sure that when I get to those issues, I will include that in what is available for reprints. And while we're on the subject of Mr. Dowler, I recommend you all, after listening to the episode, uh, go on to look at his blog page, which is at, you can find at Bureau42.com. That's B-U-R-E-A-U, the number's 42.com. And it's his own blog about comics, uh, shows like Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D., Gotham, I'm sure by now. He's talking about The Flash, probably, etc. Also, you can find links to his podcast on there, or you can just look up his podcast directly on iTunes, which is called Comic Book Physics in which he discusses the science of uh, superhero powers and how they would actually how they could work in theory and uh, it's I like it it's pretty good nice little short lot short of mine like the way mine used to be about a half hour or so nice little burst of learning it's quite enjoyable and he has a much better voice than I do so it'll be a nice palate cleanser after this all right and if anyone else wants to send an email you can send it at resurrectionspodcast at yahoo.com I also recommend, of course, always going to the Tumblr page. That's resurrectionsadamwarlock.tumblr.com, where I put links to all the uh, episodes when they come up. And also, mostly every day, I have uh, a post, usually pages from the issues that were reviewed. So if you want to actually see stuff from the issues, if you don't have it, you can go on there. I can't find the entire issues, of course, but there's chunks of them up there at least. And in case you miss hearing my voice until the next episode, like Brian mentioned before, you can find the both of us talking about other comics at Four Color Fanboys, and you can find that at fourcolor.podwits.com, or just look up on iTunes, Four Color Fanboys. And finally, you can also find me on the Podrec podcast with my co-host, The Buck, and that can be found at buckonstuff.com. All right, we'll be back shortly with part three. Hopefully the last part, but since we're barely halfway through, I doubt it, of Thanos the Infinity Revelation. All right, we'll see you guys later. Bye. 
Resurrections, an Outer Warlock podcast, is a fan-made production, and money only goes out in the production of this show, not it. I gain nothing by talking about characters and stories owned and copyright Marvel Comics, except hanging out with friends and talking comics. No legal action on anyone's part is required. And it's just completely like freaky deaky, but that's a completely separate thing. So, but for today's purposes, we are doing, um, hey, check that out. Just got that from, uh, the Earl, Sherlock, a silent Sherlock Holmes film oh, from 1916 cool. starring the dude who invented the deerstalker cap and, uh, curved pipe image. Oh, is, that, uh, I guess they, they weren't on the books, I guess? Well, the original uh, illustrations, from when they were originally... They were originally published in uh, the Strand magazine in London in the uh, 1890s through the 1920s, I guess. And they were illustrated by a fellow by the name of Sidney... I'm not sure if it's Paget or Paget. Poitier? Uh, P-A- yeah, P-A-G-E-T. Sidney Paget. So um, he had done the illustrations for the magazines. And so, you know, a lot of that was, I mean, his face, you know, with the, with the widow's peak and the the hook nose. I yeah. mean, that came out of him. But in the, those illustrations, he never wore the deerstalker cap and his pipe was a normal, straight, Victorian Just a regular pipe. pipe. Um, it was this guy on who, who had actually played him a dozens of times on stage um, who added all those visual elements that have now become completely uh, cliche and uh, Sherlock Holmes. Uh, uh, Sher- you know, complete, like, iconic version uh, uh, Sherlock Holmes image. And so anyway, th- that was most... Of- most of the this is the only film that he ever made that has now uh, that we now have a, a actual film of. So they're restoring it and they're going to premiere it at this big event in San Francisco. And I'm not going to be able to go to it. But what what can you do? Well, that's cool though. I think so. I think that's pretty uh, gnarly. Still working on uh, Excalibur. I found many good things to say though. I found many points in it and in, at which Ellis has become. So recognizably, Ellis. Yeah, I'm up to uh, 96. 96. I am. I just. On... I got through the. I got to the point in the uh, Visionaries where you get through the uh, Starjammer series. Uh, I have not hit that yet. I am currently on. Did you get to the X Men? Oh, because you're at the X Men. Uh, yeah, this is a uh, 95. Then 95. Oh. So you're close because you're. So, cause then it's, yeah, it goes into this and then the uh, Starjammers and yep. then continues Excalibur and then Pride and Wisdoms at the end. This, like, just as a for instance, this is such a, um, Doug Locke, who was not invented by Ellis. Yes. He was invented, I think Scott Lobdell, I think, Maybe. was the writer when Doug yeah, Locke before. became was, a thing. It was between, uh, Alan Davis and Warren Ellis. And, and so, so Doug Locke is a thing and, you know, they made Doug Locke and everything. And then here, though, he is described as Doug Locke, the ghost of a dead boy cast in wires. Yes. And I'm just like, that that description, like a character with that description, would turn up in a, in another Ellis title. Like you would, that is the kind of thing that would turn up with no like. He would invent that, and they'd just be there, and yeah. you would just accept that it's the ghost of a dead boy cast. I'm entertained by the fact that this issue was like a intro issue. I guess I, yeah. I remember. I guess 
X Men was I tried, I forgot how big X Men must have been like the first year or so when he came out after Age of Apocalypse. I guess yeah, it was it was drawn some pretty uh, banging some was, pretty good numbers. And the funny thing is that was about the time I was dropping X Men. Oh yeah, no, I I was reading X Men short for a couple of times after the uh, after the um, Age, of, Age Apoc- of Apocalypse. I got to like fifteen, fourteen. And I didn't he, even make it that. He far. annoyed me too much. He was too whiny. Oh, God, yes. He never learned his lesson. He was so nineties, you know. It was just he was a whiny brat. Yeah. Who never cared about anything but himself, and the moment he was like. You're nothing like I expect you to be, from what I know. So therefore, you must be evil and lying, and I hate yes. you. I want to kill you. I know that's in that issue of X Men. I'm just like, man, just leap to conclusions, and you know, he's just like, you know, he goes down and he talks to Spore, and all of a sudden he's like, you're all evil, and it's like, really, really, dude? Yeah. Anyway, but yeah, I know. But save, I never liked that him good until stuff for- Ellis took over the series. He did take over that series, huh? Yes. Oh, the last, interesting. Like, year or so of its there life, he made him a mutant shaman. Oh, now see, that's what I'm that's talking about. That's why we took about. over Generation X and X Force, and that's actually the one I like the most. Okay, so this I presume is where we had left off. Pretty much with uh, this, so we can pick this up as as is. Okay, hold on, let me just stop this and make. Yep, yep. 